Hello and welcome back to Cartridge Cinema Club, a podcast that is ostensibly about video games. This is episode 127. My name is Mark Champlin, and today, as always, I'm joined by Alex Wallace. How, how, how are we doing? <laughs> how is it Alex? going, girls and gays? Man, that Mark Fisher was right. <laughs> that anti-capitalist ideology could be consumed by capitalism and sold back to us for entertainment. Oh, boy. Uh, Jesus Christ, man. We were really like... I was. I, it would have been so easy for us if this movie was just merely bad and like a little bit fascist, we could have fucking knocked this shit out in like 20 minutes, come in and be like, yeah, Ryan Reynolds wasn't very funny in this one. Ha huh? Marvel dialogue is rotting cinema. And then we'd be like, <laughs> oh, this movie kind of reflects a carceral mindset in the ending because X, Y, Z. See you next month, gays. Uh, we can't fucking do that though because the, uh, they, have, they have created a challenge for us. <laughs> I, uh, I, yeah, we we were expecting pixels too, and <laughs> instead we got uh, a harrowing nightmare, uh, a a case study of neoliberalism. Yeah, it was. This was this was a neoliberal hellhole movie. It was really. Uh, it was. It was like they had gone out of their way to make this podcast difficult for us. I I will give this movie a lot of credit in that it elicited strong feelings from me, <laughs> which is something that less than less than a fifth of the movies for this podcast have done. I certainly felt a lot of things while I watched this. Um Jesus Christ. Uh Mark, what did we watch for the podcast today? <laughs> Uh, it was a new one, folks. Uh, fr- Free Guy is what we watched. Free Guy is a 2021 American science fiction action comedy directed and produced by Sean Levy. Uh, you may know his name uh, from things. Uh, and from a screenplay by Matt Lieberman and Zach Penn, who you may also know from the, there's a lot, everyone in this movie is a person, <laughs> which is, which is, which is rare for us. Um it stars Ryan Reynolds, uh, Jody Corner, uh, Joe Keery, and uh, Taika Watiti, who you may know from being the director of Alex's favorite movie, <laughs> Thor Ragnarok. Um, <laughs> it's a little bit for the longtime listeners. <laughs> Alex doesn't like that movie. Uh, following a year-long delay because of the COVID-19 pandemic, it was released theatrically in the United States on August 13th. It has grossed over $331 million worldwide. Uh, Alex, uh, what happens in Free Guy? Okay, so I'll be the first (laughs) to say that uh, there was significantly more going on with this movie than I initially expected there to be. Um, There's a lot of moving pieces. There are at least two plots in it, which is impressive for a film featured on Cartridge Cinema Club, which generally feature one plot. Um... Christ almighty. So, Ryan Reynolds uh, is an NPC named Guy uh, who lives in like a GTA online type of game called Free City. Uh, And he and all the other NPCs in the game just mindlessly go about their days happy as fuck uh, as people are constantly being blown up and shot and robbed in the streets as people tend to do in the GTA universe. You get it. So one day, his life is changed irrevocably uh, when he puts on the sunglasses that make you a player character. And then he becomes a renowned hero uh, because he met a girl. 
<laughs> named Millie. Um, in the real world, uh, Millie is an indie game designer uh, who believes that the Free City uh, development team CEO stole her AI simulation program that she developed for her little indie game um, to make Free City. Um, and then also her ex-partner, who is called Keys, uh, who used to work on the indie game with her, now works on Free City. So there's a little bit of drama here. You might notice that I'm still talking about setup, <laughs> and I'm going to continue talking about setup for at least two more minutes. Christ. Um, long story short, uh, Ryan Reynolds uh, basically becomes a meme among the player base of Free City. Uh, because he decides that rather than trying to level up by uh, shooting and murdering everyone, he's going to level up by helping people. And so he just becomes like a phenomenon throughout the Free City player base uh, by being nice to people. And he makes all of uh, your favorite streamers from the internet rethink being violent towards video game characters. Oh boy. Uh, through this convoluted series of events... Uh, Millie and Keys conclude, uh, that the Free City developers did steal their code, uh, and also that Ryan Reynolds is the world's first true artificial intelligence. Are you with me so far? <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they really weren't kidding when they put sci-fi in the genre. Like, it, 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 in a more competent movie, this plot is a thing. Yeah, it's, 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 it's like the Truman Show if the Truman Show was doubled over with its head shoved up its own ass. <laughs> um, <laughs> Fuck. God, so Millie falls in love with Ryan Reynolds. Um, Ryan Reynolds uh, institutes uh, a worker strike among the NPCs. Uh, he like literally Ryan Reynolds is like a revolutionary hero in this movie. We'll get to it. Um, and the CEO of the, of the company Taika Waititi uh, tries to get rid of Ryan Reynolds by destroying a bunch of servers with an axe. Um, the, the movie is a clusterfuck. Like, I sat down and I started writing down, like, what happens in this movie? And then, like, you know, usually I'm pretty good at it. Like, usually, even though, you know, like, we get, we, I get some jokes in along the way. But, like, I feel like I can at least, like, get across, like, here's what occurs in this movie that you need to be aware of. This thing was, so many things were occurring. I need you to know that this movie is two hours long and it took me three hours to watch because I had to pause it constantly to just keep taking notes so that I would remember what the fuck happened and all of the things that I need to complain about. Um, <laughs> this, are you familiar with the creationist concept of irreducible complexity? <laughs> Oh, you couldn't remove any any one of these things you're describing you couldn't remove and it's and the plot still makes sense god um <laughs> jesus uh in the end uh, taika watiti is defeated sort of uh, and they get to revive their old indie game project uh and ryan reynolds and his friends go get to live in solar punk paradise city forever um and also millie and keys fuck We'll get to that part, too. Um, that, I think, is probably the plot of Free Guy. Uh, would you like to share your thoughts on this film and how you felt watching it? Um, I did not enjoy uh, Baby Gamer's first capitalism metaphor. <laughs> um, I, you know, 
I, I love I love an anti-capitalist message beaten over our heads to a soundtrack of licensed music uh, where they found lyrics that most accurately describe the situation that's happening on screen. I love to be told to... <laughs> to shake off the shackles of the doldrums of my day job by a film that grossed over $330 million <laughs> off of the backs of overworked technical artists and visual effects artists. You, you know, I talk a lot about how the rise of Skywalker made me feel stupid for having, <laughs> ever, for ever having cared about star Wars. This movie was that, but for me ever having liked video games. <laughs> I was like, this is this is the end of this is video games. This is the end point. This is end of video game Gellion. This is this, this is what we've been building to is free guy starring Ryan Reynolds. Oh, this is man. this is the industry. This is this is entertainment. I, um, oh, I like like yes, there's a lot there's a lot to talk about and unpack, but just as a whole, as a product. And this is part of the unpacking it. We have to talk about how it exists within itself as a product. It's just, it just made me feel deep shame in, in myself <laughs> the entire runtime. God, yeah. I, I can't describe the feeling I had watching this other than, like, I just felt absolutely wretched and just, like, on edge. <laughs> For the entire thing. Like, I just, I, I was, I've like, I've been just sweating for the past four hours thinking like, how the fuck am I going to talk about this stupid movie? Um, okay. So outside of like the social politics of the film, uh, which seem to be designed to piss us off specifically, um, <laughs> this film has the highest quit ratio of any film I have ever seen in my goddamn life. Like, Holy shit, man. People talk about, like, Marvel movies and how every line is a quip and how it's terrible, and that's true. That's true about Marvel movies. But <laughs> this thing... They aren't wrong. It's... <laughs> It's like they're, it's like they're doing, it's like, it's like, it's like a parody of a Marvel movie. Like, like, I'm, I'm not kidding when I say every line in the movie is a quip. Like, mm -hmm. th these characters don't exist... Because they are just funnels through which quips are dispensed to us, the audience. Like, a character is not really able to, like, develop in any way at any point in this movie. Because they can't stop to have an emotion. Because that would stop them from making another quip. And they have to keep making quips or they'll do, die. Do, do you have a favorite quip from this movie? Because I do. <laughs> please, please tell me. <laughs> It's the one where Millie, uh, uh, like, jumps and, like, lands in Guy's lap on a motorcycle. And she says, oh, is that a Glock in your pocket? And there's he says, a, there's a, he says, is there a gun in your pocket joke in this movie? It's so fucking lame, <laughs> man. And, and he says, no, there's two Glocks. <laughs> and then she pulls out the guns from his pants and they, and they do a helicopter matrix shot um yeah it's, it's a bad movie it's a bad film i you know underneath all of the other bullshit like it, it as a film it's deeply unfunny and trite um and written from this like profoundly cishet perspective that like my brain just can't wrap around anymore mm -hmm. you know like i just yeah i can't absolutely. i can't watch a movie like this and laugh anymore because it is not like 
It's not written for people like me, you know? It's, this movie felt like the, the... I was sitting there and being like, yeah, my dad would probably think this movie's funny. It, totally. <laughs> yeah, when you... when. <laughs> when you when you put down your credit card to rent this youtube was like are you sure i see what else you watch <laughs> you're a faggot you're not gonna like this <laughs> yeah it's like underneath all of this convoluted sci-fi bullshit that we have been like trying to fucking like just spit out over the past 13 minutes um like this is a bog standard extremely tired rom-com <laughs> Yeah. that you have seen a hundred thousand times um it's it's quite bad and there's a lot that we're going to need to address about it as you might have picked up so uh i think we're going to start with one of the easier ones uh okay. let's get the streamers out of the way here <laughs> <laughs> this time. movie has some streamers in it <laughs> God, so like every once in a while in the movie, uh, in order to uh, communicate the sort of uh, community reaction to uh, changes that are happening in the game world throughout the story, uh, they'll have a, a, a series of, 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 those, of those fucked up little clowns they have on Twitch.tv um, <laughs> that dance for your amusement and beg you for scraps. Um, <laughs> I reckon. <laughs> how, how do you really feel about about streaming? <laughs> I recognize maybe two of them. I think Ninja and Pokimane and yes. XQC are in this one. I think. Um, yeah. Every time these people appeared on screen, I wanted to crawl into a hole and die. Um, it's... I was, I was so hoping Ludwig would show up, but alas, <laughs> no such luck. <laughs> oh, God. It's just, it, dude, it's not possible to get somebody who streams for a living to act like how they act when they are streaming on an actual camera for a movie. <laughs> it's, 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 it's just, it's just painfully, like, contrived. I don't know why they didn't like do the Raven's banquet thing of like fake streamer. I mean, I do know it's because they had the money to yeah. afford these because faces. They made some, some number went up by several zeros on their chart because they put Ninja in it and more kids went to go see Ninja so that and they could you, see the dude, the yeah. funny. Okay. The only part of this movie where I like legitimately <laughs> laughed out loud is like near the end during the, the, the part where, Everybody thinks that Ryan Reynolds is dead, and it's like cutting to people around the world being sad that their favorite meme guy got murdered in a video game, and it and, and it's like sad music playing, and then it cuts to Ninja with like his hand over his face, and he just for like one second it cuts so... to him. <laughs> oh God! You, um, you know, I felt... it, it's. I, I'm sorry. I was just like thinking the whole time. I was of two minds about the streamer thing. I was like. Why did they pay all these streamers to be in this when this movie is like the most cringe shit that the gamers who watch these streamers would think is cringe anyway? Mm -hmm. And then I realized I'm giving the 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 the, the audience of Ninja and Pokemon way too much credit. Like <laughs> I, they probably ate this shit. <laughs> yeah, it's I mean it's really bizarre, right? Because the film has like a very dim view of gamers and like yeah. specifically like the film's premise is essentially that like video game violence is like inherently evil 
And it's like, a wild, it's a wild thing to say to a bunch of gamers, right? Yeah, like you know, and like, you know, I'm I'm maybe somebody that can almost I I'm willing to go there with that hot take almost. Like I'm 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 the person that thinks Call of Duty is evil propaganda and you shouldn't give it to your children. You know, like I'm I'm kind of here for the like fuck fuck this like machine of open world games where you fly around in a helicopter and shoot brown people and like you know i'm i'm kind of here for the argument but weird to weird point to try to make in your film that is also uh being advertised on the fact that your favorite video game shouty man is in it yeah <laughs> it's it's just a little bizarre <laughs> um yeah god um Oh God. Uh, I guess. Okay. Two more things about the streamers. One, uh, I kind of almost felt bad for Pokimane when they like cut to her and made her say like, damn, Ryan Reynolds is so hot. Like it just felt like Aye. insert girl streamer here, make her say yeah. the, that the guy is hot. Like it, it just, it just felt, I, I felt bad that she had to say that even though she's a millionaire who will, who would have me drawn and quartered if it would increase her subscriber <laughs> they, count. Um, they, they, they did a focus group and they presented Pokimane and Lily Pichu in front of people and said, which of these do you think would want to fuck Ryan Reynolds more? And then, you know, they, 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 they tallied the results. Um, I also thought it was really funny when the first time they like cut to a bunch of streamers reacting to things that happened in the movie. And then like immediately after that, they smash cut to Ryan Reynolds characters being an answer on Jeopardy. Yeah, that <laughs> was super funny. I, you could like see the focus group meeting where it was like, okay, uh. well like everybody over the age of like 40 <laughs> who watches this movie has no idea who the fuck any of these people in there. We got to get <laughs> Alex Trebek. So Grand Grand knows that this is a big deal. <laughs> She's not oh going to know that it's a big deal that Ninja thinks Ryan Reynolds is cool. I love that you caught that because I just thought it was just like a dumb thing and I but but that's exactly what it was also how fucking sad that like the last cameo that Alex Trebek made in his life was free guy oh Christ almighty that's that's morbid that's deeply bleak um moving on uh let's talk about some of the some of the romance tropes going on here so like I feel like I, 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 I'm not sure if I properly conveyed that, like, essentially, this is a movie where Ryan Reynolds is a computer man who lives in a computer, and Millie is a real-life person who falls in love with the computer man. These things happen, uh, you know, and then the film sort of takes that and says, okay, but actually... Ryan Reynolds was written by Keys, so really, really she's in love with Keys, and then and then they get together, right? So it's it's a sort it's a weird sort of thing where like ninety percent of the movie is this rom com thing between oblivious dude Ryan Reynolds and serious gamer Millie, and then at the end Ryan Reynolds you know goes and lives in Solar Punk Land and tells tells her to go fuck Keys instead. Um, that's not quite what I want to talk about, though. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> it's the point in the film where it is revealed that... So Ryan Reynolds has, like, his programming, right? And his programming tells him to do the same shit every day. He goes and gets a coffee, and then he goes to work at the bank. And then he goes home, and then, then rinse repeat, right? But then when he sees Millie for the first time... 
it throws his entire programming out of whack. And all of a sudden, all of these other branches start to appear where he can go and do other things and, and become more of a person. Um, so the, essentially the idea here is that Millie is such a manic pixie dream girl <laughs> that she can create life by walking past someone on the street. You ever hear the tragedy <laughs> of manic pixie dream girl Millie? <laughs> she was so powerful. She could create life. Oh, God. And then it's like, it's like. <laughs> they, they distilled the manic pixie dream girl trope down to its bare essentials. Like, they really did, right? <laughs> like, it's like. <laughs> every man, like, every man walking around in the world is uh, is an NPC, is a CPU controlled by their, uh, controlled by nothing but their base instincts until they see Goral. <laughs> And then Goral shows them that life can be more. A lot of films uh, communicate the message that one good woman can change a man. But uh, shit, Jesus Christ. Uh, It's never been this explicit in a film before. I I almost respect it. (laughs) In a weird way. Yeah. And then, like, when it gets into, like, oh, he programmed Ryan Reynolds to be this love-struck dude who was chasing after his dream girl and since he was programming it he programmed ryan reynolds to dream girl to be millie because that was the girl that was his dream girl in real life and it it's um it's just fucking lame <laughs> i don't know yeah it sucks uh it's just i, I don't have I, like a good well well-reasoned take about it, it just sucks <laughs> i didn't like I, it I just think that it's really funny that in this distillation of the Manic Pixie Dream Girl trope, at the end of the day, it even includes the fact that the woman was written by a man. Because in this world, the the programming was literally designed by a dude. I just, it's, you know, it's kind of perfect. Again, I respect it. God. Just and it only gets worse from here, girls and gays, because now we got to talk about the dialogue in more... Detail. You know what else? What else uh, d- gamers love is uh, social justice dialogue that is inserted as buzzwords without <laughs> without okay. any critical thought put behind it. Yeah, folks, do you do you remember a little show we talked about on this podcast called Mythic Quest Ravens Banquet? Uh, if if you haven't, you might want to give that episode a listen because uh, that's that. It's a similar thing going on mm. here where like. This is a film that wants to sort of have characters speak in the language of sort of vague social justice, uh, have characters throw out jokes with words like patriarchy and white privilege in them, yeah. right? Um, while still, like, being a film that operates entirely under the logic of, like, white cis-heteropatriarchal capitalism, right? Like, it... Yeah. You know, it's ultimately a film that is reinforcing things such as this, you know, manic pritzy dream girl, like, uh, incredibly dehumanizing view of women. Uh, we'll get into the treatment of some of the, the, the characters of color in this film. And it's just, you know, it's like, you don't, you know, you don't buy it. It's the type of shit where it's like, yeah they're going to put in those little jokes to make a number move on a graph, right? They're going to put it in because they want the Tumblr lesbians to screenshot it and put it on <laughs> and talk about how they're, how, about their favorite uwu beans. And like, 
and it's it's just insufferable. <laughs> it's it's it... <laughs> it's the thing where it's kind of like Twitter, where you you can tell you have to tell who the quote unquote good guys are by who is saying the most social justice <laughs> things, and they think that you're too stupid to understand that so they have like the good guy say white privilege or something it's it's completely vapid yeah it's um you know it's this is the type of movie where a character will express some like some sort of queer thoughts or ideas maybe come on to a man in some way and the film leaves it just vague enough where you're not sure like is this character supposed to be gay in like a cool chill way where we like gay people or is this supposed to be a homophobic joke at the expense of this character oh and like God. the the film is a rorschach test right you <laughs> <laughs> all, all the best films are <laughs> yeah and i mean this is this is literally how fucking movies are made right now right <laughs> it's 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 so fucking cynical but it's so true they're they yeah they're, they're made to reflect the audience saying yeah hey that's the thing i think mm-hmm um, God, do you want to talk about, say it with me, folks, the one black character in the movie? Oh, God. Um, I, okay, so, for, so, okay, <laughs> first of all, I think it's, so, so, the, um, so, Ryan Reynolds has a black security guard friend in this movie. He is played by the same actor who played the security guard friend in Get Out, um, which I found very depressing. <laughs> like I didn't know this... that and I'm and I'm in a bad mood now. <laughs> like this actor has been typecast now as the funny black security guard after acting in like a deeply anti-racist film. It just made me really sad <laughs> to see that. Um yeah, right. So, god so Ryan Reynolds has has his has his comic relief black security guard friend. Um, he is, I would say, like the only person of color in the film who is not like entirely on the periphery. Um, he has like more than three lines. It's crazy. Um, mm -hmm. He's the closest that a person of color gets to being a character in this movie, um, and he learns how to think independently from his white savior friend Ryan Reynolds. And it fucking sucked the scene. Where so Ryan Reynolds has the has the sunglasses on now, right? He can see the Matrix, and he's he's a player character now, or whatever, where he's acting as a player character. And you have to have the scene where Ryan Reynolds like tries to convince his his comic relief black security guard friend uh, that that he needs to break out of his of his of his routines and and start thinking independently and be his own person. Um, you know, and I just found that profoundly disgusting. <laughs> like, the film is just sort of... Uh, the film is just sort of operating on this, like, very base level, like, white savior... <laughs> Again, it's... Set up, it's like, there's just... It's, like, all on the table. It's so literal. What What's the line that the security guard says to him once he realizes that he can be in him? He's, like, he's, like, he's about to die, and he's, like go on Ryan Reynolds character, show them that our lives matter or something like that. Doesn't he literally say that? Oh God. Oh yeah. Did you, did you, yeah. that, that had to have been intentional. I'm sorry. Like, it's okay. I guess we have to kind of talk. Let's start sort of trying to unpack 
the broader sort of political ethos of free guy parentheses 2021 this is a movie where cops can point guns at a character and say take off that skin or we'll shoot you and it's a bit and i don't think they had any idea what that would sound like okay so (laughs) like at a at a base level right just like pure baseline the premise of this movie is essentially wouldn't it be fucked up if the consequences of class politics happened to white people it's like it's like all your favorite video games about elves and dwarves yeah it's that, <laughs> that are same white sort of shit right like where yeah. the 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 npcs are essentially second class citizens to the player mm-hmm. characters uh, Ryan on, Reynolds <laughs> Ryan Reynolds is uh, constantly threatened by the cops anytime yeah. he uh, thinks about stepping out of line or doing something different. Um, and people are generally living in fear of being killed in the streets, right? Now you might have noticed <laughs> that what I just said is a reality for many people in the United States and abroad, uh, right? Uh, but in this movie, it's happening to handsome old Ryan Reynolds, so we're supposed to feel bad about it, right? Like, that's that's kind of like the baseline of the movie. Like, the movie doesn't lean on that aspect of the premise that much, but that, that's what's happening here, right? This is like, this is this is the white aggrievement movie, right? This is the, yeah. this is that sort of like, oh God, oh God, what if, what if we were treated like them is, is sort of what this film is about at its core, right? Um, yeah and and they don't yeah they don't lean on it but they will use that pre- but they know that that's the premise because they lean on it once for like a cheap joke in the end where where ryan reynolds character is like we're gonna create our own like new virtual world without all these bad things and he's listing out bad things and he's like and, and without uh t- we're gonna be like the real world where there's no gun violence and then uh the real life person is like, well, and winks at the camera. Like there is gun violence in our world, which is a problem. Ha <laughs> ha. I'm like, shut, shut the fuck yeah. up. Shut up. Let's, let's talk <laughs> about that. Let's talk about that scene at the beach in a little more detail. Right. So that's the one that's the yeah, scene. near the, near the climax of the film. Uh, Ryan Reynolds gathers all of the NPCs, uh, at the beach because he's going to try to make a break for the dummied out, uh, <laughs> solar punk Island off the coast of the water. <laughs> That is what happens in this movie. Um, And he, like, starts making, like, a revolutionary speech, right? About how all of the NPCs need to break out of their routines and do what they want and become real people. Um, And it's like this... It's this very explicit anti-capitalist thing. Like, I'm not entirely sure if the people making the movie totally understood what was happening here. It seems like they did because they did a lot of fucked up shit with it. <laughs> y- yes. <laughs> um, you know. He is essentially saying you have nothing to lose but your chains. And it just keeps cutting to the cops. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's incredible. Like the way that it's like Ryan Reynolds is like talking about how we need to break out of this of this awful mold and this, these expectations that have been placed on us. And the camera always cuts back to the cops being like, yeah, you tell them Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> like, God, even at the very end of the movie, when they are living in solar punk eco paradise, uh, they still have cops. They still make a point to show that there are cops. <laughs> I could not handle it. I started like, I, I started 
this I was just sweating profusely as this was happening because I just could not believe that they had done this. It's such a it's 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 the arch liberal movie. It's fucking insane. It's uh, the yeah, like like the security guard friend is still in his security guard outfit in the in the world where where theft isn't supposed to happen anymore but do you still have security guards over for personal property um and then (laughs) and then they literally call it a strike bro they literally they like like all of the npcs decide to just stop doing it and so all the players are like where's all the npcs and the people who work on the video game are like it's like the NPCs are going on strike. And then the CEO of the company orders all of the strikers murdered. Basically, right? Like, that's what like happens they, in this they movie? Have to, they, ha- they have to know. They, they, they made a movie about a, a AAA video game developer in which, the, in which there's a digital walkout. They literally call it a walkout. In 2021. They call it a walk. They say strike and they say virtual walkout. Those yeah. are two literal things that happened in the year that this movie was made all across the video game industry. I, they, we, we can't, <laughs> they can't keep getting away with making this shit in the same movie where Ryan Reynolds uh, pulls out a lightsaber. No, like I can't go there God. yet. I can't go God. there yet. Um, yeah, it's, <laughs> It's it's deeply unsettling in the moment when Ryan Reynolds is like, in the real world, they don't get blown up in the streets every day. In the real world, people aren't getting shot all the time. And like, there's like a, a little nod from Millie, like, oh, actually, pe- in the real world, there is gun violence. Haha. <laughs> it's just a fucking joke. It's like, like... A, yeah, it the film is not willing to grapple with the ramifications of its own premise, right? Like, it's... It is a film that is about capitalism, right? These characters are living under capitalism and experiencing the negative consequences of capitalism. But that's the metaphor in the video game. (laughs) In a video game. In in the real world... In the real world, the the game developers who have this horrible, abusive CEO that steals work from people, uh, they don't get to go on a walkout. They don't get a strike, you know? Uh, We find out at the end that uh, Taika Waititi's new game isn't selling as well, so the company will probably go under and everyone will lose their jobs. But it's okay, because Million Keys got to make their indie game and they're making money. (laughs) So it's cool. I I just... It's just so fucked up that that fucking guy from Stranger, hot guy from Stranger Things, who I couldn't separate from being hot guy from Stranger Things. He's like, "What about the profits you made off of our work?" Uh, to the CEO, uh, like, like literally saying, "The profits you made off of our work," which is a that's socialism. That's mm-hmm. a that's <laughs> that's a direct thing from we, you, you from reading Capital, and then <laughs> it ends with the other indie developer girl being like, "My integrity is more important. You can keep your profits. I just want my game back." It's no, I you want the profits from the la- you want the, the wealth that your labor generated. You fucking idiot. God, what like you. The, the movie wants us to believe that in this scenario, the 
these these star starving i say but they're white and live in giant houses in the city it's like they want us to believe that these people would rather just have their integrity and the chance to make it on their own the way that they always wanted to in the in yeah. the in the the indie game scene which is notoriously a place where no one goes hungry and starves for their art like are you serious yeah the end of the movie is this like this small businessman mythology. Seriously. Right. Of yeah. like they're gonna, you know, they're gonna strike it out on their own and they're gonna do it with that and they're gonna be their own boss, and then you'll see. She she has she has this whole fucking diatribe where she's like, listen, Taika Waititi, you can keep the name Free City. You can keep the profits that you made off of our work. You can even keep the rights for all the sequels. And even he is like this is stupid that you're doing this. You have all the leverage. And she's like, no, all we want is our idea. Cause an idea is, <laughs> is what we can use to sell our product instead. Yeah. It's I like, mean, fuck you. God, the, the movie doesn't have anything to say that it also doesn't have a character make a sarcastic comment about. Right. So that it's okay. Yeah. The movie could believe anything in case you want it to believe something else. It, uh, it, it was, it was an almost direct parallel in my brain. Not this exact thing, but I've had the exact same feeling during that speech as the end of ready player one, where the solution to like mm -hmm. the, the video game was like, Oh, they're the, there's you have to take some days off from the video game now but like it's it still exists and there, there's still billionaires at the head of it it's just the good guys are the billionaires now yeah um that's liberalism baby christ almighty yeah I, after i finished watching this film i went and read chapter two of mark fisher's capitalist <laughs> realism is there no other alternative uh mm. the the chapter entitled what if you hosted a protest and everyone came uh, where he talks about the film Wall-E and how it is like the prime example of how oh, anti-capitalism is sort of like swallowed up and repackaged and sold back to us as entertainment under capitalism. And capitalism can continue to thrive off of selling its its own theoretical demise back to you forever without anything ever changing in reality. That's what Free Guy was like. It's a good, it's a good book. I recommend it. Uh, the last thing... <laughs> The last thing that we're going to talk about here, um, you know, Mark, I really felt like they did this uh, for you, the, you. the Star Wars fan I, in the I audience. Hate you. <laughs> I hate you so much. Okay. Never, never call me a Star Wars fan again. <laughs> okay. At some point during, during one of the many interminable fight scenes in this film, uh, Ryan Reynolds just like starts getting pop culture powers. I don't know. Like... He never had them throughout the whole rest of the no. movie, to be clear. But suddenly he develops the ability to, like, go into his glasses and summon uh, objects and weapons from the Marvel and Star Wars universe. He, he literally, he, like, gets a Hulk fist in the Captain America shield and it cuts to someone who I presume is an actor, actor from Mar Marvel movies <laughs> going, what the fuck? And then, it's, like, and it's, then he... it's it's Chris Evans, by the way. But people people who are straight and listening to this, <laughs> God. And then, like, and then he and then he and then he pulls out a lightsaber, and the Star Wars music just starts playing, and everyone goes, "Is that a lightsaber? Whoa!" And it's like, I, it, it. It was the worst moment in three years of doing this podcast. I am honestly trying to think of worse things. And 
nothing springs to mind. I I felt here you go, you stupid fucking slack jawed piece of shit <laughs> bastard. Here's it your made, fucking slop. It made my skin crawl. I was like, they they can't they do it. They you. just we they did this ju- for you, Mark. Oh my god, they they could not. He pulled out that fucking Captain America shield and played the Avengers theme. And the fact that I recognized the Avengers theme as it being the Avengers theme made me want to jump out of my apartments uh, and and just set myself on fire. <laughs> I, it, I, I have never felt like a movie thought less of me <laughs> in yeah, recent out, memory. Out of, out of all the shit. Out of all, out of, it's worse than an actual Marvel movie. You know, like, this is worse. Yeah. This and is... Marvel movies already think that you're so dumb that you can't handle your expectations yeah. being subverted uh, in the slightest. Marvel movies, Marvel movies are just like a disgusting, rotting pig carcass sitting on top of a sewer grate. And this movie is the is the pile of rotting flesh that has... That has piled up beneath inside of the sewers. And and the people who like this movie are the what's that painting of like the guy like eating a corpse? <laughs> if you like this movie, you're that guy. Um anyway. <laughs> um yeah, I didn't care for it. I don't know about you. I would say I was like honestly, it, you know what the it, fucked up thing is? It's like it's not even that bad. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's it's yeah, like when I did I have like a worse time watching this than like Deadpool? Like no, they're the same in my mind. But yeah, like it I we have watched worse films on this podcast. We have watched films that were less well put together. We have watched films that looked worse. We have watched films with more insufferable dialogue. We have watched much more racist, much more bigoted films than yeah. this. But my god, this was a fucking slog. I was just I just felt bad the whole time I was watching it. The, this movie, watching this movie for the podcast, uh, it, it begged the question, would I rather feel bored or would I rather feel terrible? <laughs> because I feel bored most of the time when I watch movies for this podcast. But this movie made me feel like ass yeah. the entire time I felt terrible. It, the, um, the fact that, I mean, it, the fact that I was sitting through it and the whole time I was like, you're going to have to construct an opinion about all of this. <laughs> it put, it made me so nervous. I was it, like, this thing's such a fl- fucking clusterfuck, man. I don't think I can do that shit. I'm going to do my made best. Me, made me feel jealous for people that like this shit. I was like, God damn it. There are so many people, there are people in my life who went out and watched that new Mortal Kombat movie, that piece of shit that we watched right before the hiatus. And they were like, that movie was rad. I was like, but it would be so sick to be normal. God, I would, I would love to not be trans and mentally ill and a socialist. It seems really relaxing. Uh, You know what? That new Halo game rocks. And I'm, we all got to coast on one thing. Oh god! Listen, I'm no better. I'm gonna play that new Pokemon game they're putting out next year. I'm a piece of shit Hell too. Hell yes, you At are. At least I'm not buying that Diamond and Pearl remake, though. If you're going online and telling people you think that looks like a good video game, I'm sorry. That shit's ugly as hell, and I'll say it a thousand times. Fucking Playmobil looking ass game. Where can people find the podcast on the internet? Uh, 
you can find us on Twitter uh, at Cartridge Cinema. I, I, I posted on, on the Twitter uh, uh, a fun review of Free Guy that I found in the YouTube comments. Go check it out. Uh, that Again, that's at Cartridge Cinema. Uh, the music is by DJ Tin Man. The art is by Courtney Kaufman. For me, it was Tuesday. Oh, God, when you posted that review of the guy being like, really surprised by this one, thought it was really fun. I was like reading it and I was like, there is a 0% chance <laughs> that I enjoy this movie in any way whatsoever. I've, I, I am going to be, I am going to be a rotting corpse watching this movie. Peace. That's it. Bye. We're done. <laughs> oh, man.